Welcome to Economic Development Secrets, where economic developers from across the country spill their secrets to our host, Nicole D'Souza. You'll hear firsthand accounts from economic developers in the trenches, from what works to what doesn't work, how deals come together or how deals go bad. You'll hear everyone's economic development secrets. Welcome to Economic Development Secrets. This month's special guest is Brian Brackmeyer, Vice President of Member Services at the Indiana Municipal Power Agency. In this role, Brian is responsible for working on various economic development projects with many different types of communities. Today, Brian shares many economic development tactics, and he also gives advice on how to start an economic development partnership with your local utility providers. Here is our interview with Brian. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for joining us on Economic Development Secrets. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, can you start out by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, so my name is Brian Brackemeyer. I'm the Vice President of Member Services for the Indiana Municipal Power Agency. I understand this is more of an economic development focus podcast. So just a little bit about my experience in economic development almost really happened by accident because I graduated from the University of Indianapolis in 2009, right when the economy was really a rock bottom. Um, so was looking for jobs and um, looking all over, not just Indiana, but the Midwest and even the Southeast and wasn't really finding anything that was uh, worth pursuing. So I was actually volunteered by a, my dad who um, yeah, has a lot of experience in economic development as an unpaid intern to uh, work at a local economic development agency just northwest of Indianapolis. So started off there for a few months and then uh, was able to really build my network and, and really kind of get a better idea of what I wanted to do in the future. And the board had other ideas. They, they saw that I could potentially be leaving and actually brought me on full time. So that was exciting. I was wanting to pursue something else originally, but stumbled on the economic development world by accident and ended up continuing to grow within that organization. Um, that was the Boone County Economic Development Corporation. And after being there for a few years, had the opportunity to be their executive director. So that was a huge shock uh, being that young and not even knowing what economic development was while I was in college. And then uh, actually led a county organization there for a while. and love life. And while I was doing that, I was pursuing my MBA at the IU Kelly School of Business and felt like I was getting two educations at once, right? I'm going to, to school in the evenings, but also my schooling was all day, every day, working with local officials and all of our stakeholders to try to attract new business and, and help, you know, expand the, the existing business in the area too. So uh, ended up getting my MBA in 2014. After that, wanted to try to explore options on the other side of the table for economic development. So I had an opportunity to go to EY. Professor Young was working in their location advisory services, you know, assisting their clients with where they're looking to grow and expand all over the world. Um, and uh, worked there for a couple of years and had the opportunity to come closer to my roots. I, I'd really missed working with on the local side because as the consultant, it was great. Uh, learned a lot, but after you worked on the project, you never really got to see it come to fruition. So I missed working with the local leaders and officials to help make those projects happen. So I had the opportunity to join IMPA and, and still kind of be part of that side. 
Wonderful. That's so exciting. It's so funny hearing so many economic developers just falling into the field. Really, it's very, very rare to hear someone say, oh, yeah, I went to school. I had my heart set on being an economic developer. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, it's right, because even where I was fortunate to have my uh, dad working in the economic development world for utilities and a variety of different positions, I never really knew exactly what he did. Mm. So, you know, he'd come home, he'd talk about working on these projects, and I was, you know, concentrating on sports and school and, and typical <laughs> jobs that you hear about someone working in office building, but not really knowing what economic development was. So I really just kind of fell into it, not trying. Um, I guess he maybe more pushed me into it, but I couldn't be happier that this is the industry I'm working in. Yeah, that's very neat that your dad is an economic developer and you are kind of following in his footsteps. That's really neat. Mm -hmm. Well, can you tell us a little bit about the Indiana Municipal Power Agency? Yes, so um, Indiana Municipal Power Agency, or IMPA, we are a G&T, which means we generate and, and sell our um, electricity to members. So being a wholesale power provider, we uh, serve 61 communities all across Indiana and Ohio. And that's really more about 330,000 individuals. But instead of being regionally focused, we serve all municipally owned um, electric utilities. So we are sprinkled all throughout the state and in Ohio, which makes it fun to tell because we can really, as we're working on business development side, we can really tell the story of the state, which I think we have a good story to tell. But it really does allow us to, to try to meet and network with everyone all over the state. But our core business really is on that generation transmission side. Uh, we are a power provider and really focus on keeping our, our rates low for our members and keeping you know, reliable electricity, um, environmentally responsible. But I oversee the member services department, which is, in my opinion, all the fun stuff. So we concentrate on the economic development, the, the marketing, the communications, and the community relations. So at the end of the day, when we're distributing our power, it's to our members in these cities, right? But we can be kind of the friendly faces as we're going out there to kind of learn what's going on in their community, um, seeing their industries that are you know, hopefully expanding or trying to see the industries and they're sort of trying to recruit the area or really just kind of the challenges that they're facing on daily basis, uh, daily basis. So it's fun to be on that that side of the business. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely being on the side of the business where you just get to talk to people and hang out and find out where things fit into the whole puzzle, big picture experience. Mm -hmm. uh, so what do you think some strengths are of your organization? So first of all, we're a service provider, um, a, a utility. And what's special about us is, you know, we're a non-for-profit. So and then really a subsidiary created by the state of Indiana. So we're truly not-for-profit, which means we're member-driven, we're member-focused. And really that equates to is we concentrate on having, you know, low rates, reliable, and uh, resp uh, environmentally responsible power too. And that's something I think we've done an excellent job in. And we've decreased our rates for the past few years. Last year was the biggest rate reduction we've ever had as an organization. So that's a little unique whenever I see other utilities or even um, utilities in the community where I live, and it's usually about rates increasing. Um, so we're on the other side of that too, because we you know, want to make sure that electricity is affordable for, for everyone and you never want to open the, your, your bill and, and be scared about that too. So that's something that we take a lot of pride in as far as good planning that we've had with our own generation portfolio and all the electricity that we provide to make sure that that is a low cost for our members to put them in a better situation for 
those local communities where um, they want their bills for their home or, or their business to, to be effective. So hopefully they can do a nice expansion at their house or maybe hopefully grow their business someday too. So that's something that I think we're really strong in as an organization. What we're really trying to grow is my side of the business, which is that member services. And I think it's so important on that marketing and economic development side to you know assist these communities with everything they're working on on a daily basis. Definitely. Well, in your member services side, what resources does your organization offer to communities within your region as you're working through economic development, uh, business recruitment and expansion projects? Yeah, so we're fortunate where our membership base is very broad, where we have some communities that are uh, have a lot of staff members that are on the economic development marketing side and and very already have a lot of resources and tools at their disposal. Then we have some communities that really don't have anything. So we have a, a host of tools and, and resources that we provide. Uh, you know, first is what we like to always tout is education and sponsorship opportunities where I think it's always so important to empower these communities and their elected officials and people that work on their utility to give them access to information if there is uh, you know, a conference that, that they think is beneficial for them to go to that meet with a company or uh, maybe just learn more about economic development in general. That is something that we always support. And especially with the economic development side, it's an industry that's forever changing, whether that's how you go about it or um, how you finance certain projects that are really tricky. That's something that we always want to make sure everyone is educated as possible. So that's really the first Thing that we love to, to offer to uh, communities in our area. One thing I'm really proud of actually is uh, we have this impact dashboard which you might know a little bit about <laughs> where uh, <laughs> as our communities are working on prospective projects or working with a company for expansion or a new one to come, I think it's so valuable for these elected officials to have all the information that they can to make an appropriate decision on if this is company they want um, or maybe how to support with an incentive package because being able to kind of see what that true economic impact is going to be when you have a company that's looking to invest in, in your area, seeing what that uh, job creation is going to be, what the tax benefits going to be, what the indirect benefits going to be from hopefully additional homes and, and a retail spend and all that kind of good stuff is, is really puts our members at an advantage to be able to see all that. So that's something that we're really proud of. And thanks for all your help on that. Um, we also have some lead generation where uh, me and my team uh, and with some local mayors and elected officials, we go out to meet with specific, uh, targeted companies or with site location consultants or real estate brokers to kind of tell our story. Because even though the world we live in is uh, so, driven by being online. I think that's really important we're there, but it's also important to still have some of that face-to-face -face interaction. So we love to take some of our members on, on these trips and, and build that relationship. Uh, and we also have a lot of marketing support that we do where uh, it's so important to be online these days, like I said, where you need to have uh, all your, Everything is uh, regarding your community, talking about what sites you have available, what kind of environmental studies have been done on your sites, uh, what what's your demographic information look like. So we help compile them with all of that um, and so they can kind of put their best foot forward. And then 
finally what we're really getting involved too is in, in social media not necessarily for us we're we're there but really more for our members where it's nice for them to tell their story on what sort of job openings they have in a community or what are the the 10 best things to do and maybe the city of richmond or, or the city of uh, anderson um, for for tourism so if i'm scrolling through whatever social media outlet on nine and at night and i kind of see one of these Communities pop up. It's it's kind of fun to see that kind of stuff. So that's something that we're love to try to get involved in more. And then finally, we uh, talking about cost of doing business. We have our own economic development rider, which is a discount for prospective businesses coming to town too. So hopefully, if they're on the border uh, or on the edge of making a decision between one state or one side and the other, this is a discount that we like to provide over a five-year period to hopefully swing them in the direction of do business in our service territory. Very neat. Well, it sounds like you are very busy all the time with so many different things. <laughs> yeah, we try. It's usually a good thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that's great. That's Those are all wonderful resources to offer your membership. Can you discuss the benefits of regionalism in working towards economic development goals? Yeah, so for us, regionalism is so important. Um, so we have our own service territory and the state of Indiana is regulated on service territory. So what the property that we serve now is the property we're going to serve in the future. So that's not going to change. Um, so we can't expand that or, or another utility provider can't change ours, but it doesn't change that regionalism is so important because if a company comes outside of our service territory, we're still going to benefit from it um, because workforce is regional. Um, amenities are regional. So that's why we try to serve on regional economic development boards because these companies, they don't necessarily look at territorial boundaries when they're making their decisions about their growth plans or, or you know, me personally, I'm not looking at territorial boundaries on where I'm going to go for dinner at night. They're just looking about the regional area on where they can draw that workforce or maybe the amenities for uh, the citizens so they can hopefully attract and retain that type of talent. So for us, uh, being sprinkled all throughout the state of Indiana, we feel like we're going to benefit from any project that comes to the state just because uh, while we might not be serving a specific customer, uh, maybe a community nearby might have a couple new residents because of it. So the communities that really embrace the regionalism, I think, are going to be the big winners. Uh, when you just look at the complete economic success of an area, it's about what sort of regional assets do you have because as people, we tend to migrate all over the place, whether that's you know, uh, when you're going to work every day or if you're going somewhere on the weekend, it's nice to have everything as close as possible to you within a few hour drive. And I think that helps everyone at the end of the day. Wonderful. Can you tell us about your approach to economic development as it relates to workforce development and quality of life? Yeah, so this answer is, changed for me for <laughs> the past nine or so years that I've been in economic development working on the local or the consultant or now the utility side because it was always the whole is it the chicken and the egg question right because are you trying to attract the companies and the people come um, and, and follow where the jobs are or do you attract that workforce first so then the companies uh, go where that existing workforce is so Currently, today, I'm on, on the side that you really need that existing workforce uh, whenever you know, we'll, the state of in Indiana is really focused on being a, a very pro-business state. 
to do business, where it's so important to make that regulatory burden as, as low as possible um, and keep that tax impact low. But uh, as a state, we don't have mountains and we don't have oceans, so we're trying to find other ways to be competitive, which is great. But what we're struggling with right now is, is low unemployment and a high labor participation rate, which are in theory all great things, right? Because you want everyone to have a good job and you want um, everyone to be working. So those are two really good things. I don't want to complain about that. But what we're struggling is, is as communities, I think you're either growing or you're dying. So it's important to help, you know, cure the brain drain where we educate a lot of people to keep them here in Indiana um, or to track, you know, people that live elsewhere and come to Indiana for opportunities. So right now we're focusing on telling our own story, which is, you know, working with our communities on marketing campaigns to talk about why they're a great place to live. And, and some communities are even being aggressive to provide financial support to help attract recent college grads there, which I think is a great thing too. But I think it's so important to help tell our own stories. So social media campaigns are really driven towards more talking about the training that's available. Uh, job openings, but also, like we said earlier, the, the best things to do while you're in that community because, again, when I look at how I take all of my entertainment now, it's usually on my phone or on my computer, and, and when you see these types of things pop up on, on your phone about what's going on in and City of Richmond or City of Lebanon or, or Jasper, Indiana, uh, it becomes more attractive to do because the squeaky wheel gets the grease right. It's uh, the things that are more top of mind or something that hopefully you end up wanting to do. So assisting our communities with telling their own story to hopefully uh, show that they have that strong quality of life um, is something that in a direction that we're trying to go more uh, specifically because we've told the, the story so long on attracting businesses on uh, being a good place to, to do business, but it's hard to attract that business if they come here and they can't find anyone to work there. So we're kind of shifting on how we've done our previous recruitment on, on trying to attract the people right now. Some economic developers are really good about using their local utility companies as resources in their economic development endeavors, but others don't utilize this resource or they don't know how to go about it. So how can mm -hmm. people go about talking to their local utility companies about forming economic development partnerships? Oh. Great question. Uh, and that's something that we and others continue to face every day too, because I think economic development is a team effort. The more people that are involved, because we all have different uh, strengths and weaknesses and, and backgrounds on what we can bring to the table, I think are going to be the big winners on, on the more experts you have to help talk about your specific area the best. So uh, first recommend um, reaching out to utility professionals too, because whenever you've got a company that's looking to grow or expand or even a housing development coming in, the infrastructure is so important to that because it's not that easy as just hooking up um, a wire to you know, electricity. You've got a, a lot of the infrastructure that's on the front end of that that you've got to plan and be able to make that happen. And uh, sometimes that's millions and millions of dollars on uh, a community to be able to make sure that they have the necessary infrastructure to service site so can't imagine anything more embarrassing than if a company was uh, looking to announce a project and the utility company was never involved and they said okay well I'm sorry we can't do that uh, we don't have the capacity to help that grow so I always recommend 
um, whether it's on the electric water sewer side to make sure that the utilities are engaged. And the best way to do that is really just say, I'm trying to get an idea of what our existing infrastructure is and what's, what we can adequately serve in the site so the economic development professional can better tell their story uh, so they can have as much information at their disposal so uh, they're never cut off guard by anything in the future. Perfect. Well, Brian, I have a couple of wrap-up questions for you. Mm -hmm. The first one is, what is your biggest economic development secret to success for other economic developers out there listening? <laughs> I can't give that away. No, um, <laughs> I, I said it earlier, but I, I really believe that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Um, the people that are active at telling their, other, their own story, whether that's in person or if you have all that information readily available online, I, I just see a lot of value in um, being present because if you're not um, at the table, then you're on the menu. So the people that are talking about uh, what they have going on are, are going to be very successful in whatever they do. Wonderful. Well, and lastly, what is your favorite hobby? So I'm a golfer. I played competitively in, in college when, when growing up. So I love to go out and golf whenever I can. Uh, my, my wife and I just had a baby boy who's six months old uh, now. So it's a little harder to get out there because uh, I enjoy spending so much time with him. But uh, we'll say that still love to golf and get out there as much as I can. Very neat. Very neat. And congratulations on your son. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us on Economic Development Secrets today. I really appreciate it. And I know our listeners have found it so helpful. And um, you've shared a lot of wonderful information, a lot of economic development secrets that I know other people will be able to take back to their communities and implement. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Nicole. I definitely appreciate uh, having the opportunity to, to talk about who we are and what we do, but also I just want to say thanks again for uh, the resource that we talked about earlier, which is the Impact Dashboard, which I'm getting a lot of great feedback from our local officials and local economic developers. So thanks so much for all your work on that. Absolutely. Economic Development Secrets is brought to you by Impact Dashboard, the only impact software built for economic developers. For more information on this podcast or to listen to past episodes, check out www.impactdatasource.com.